Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I'm excited. We've been in a series called Breaking Blindness. And I'm, I'm really excited about this series and uh, stoked about what God is doing. Uh, I know this is a selfish thing. I'm stoked about what God's doing in my life. And he's really been challenging me and getting me ready for the things that he's been speaking over me for years. How many know God can speak to you over years and sometimes it only takes one moment to get it, to realize this has all been a setup for this moment right here, right now. And that's what I feel right now. I feel like God has been speaking all of these years and it's in this series, man. He's just been challenging me, getting these blindfolds off. I don't know about you, but I'm burning the blindfold. I'm not going back. I can't put those barriers up in my mind anymore. I got to get them out of here. They got to become gates to keep things out, right, instead of keeping me trapped. Not anymore. And, man, I don't know about you, but I've been hitting my watchtower and looking at the promise because it's in the promise that keeps us through the process, right? But if we don't see the promise, if we don't see what God has for us, sometimes we can give up in the middle of the process. And that's a tragedy. And I'm just so thankful for what God is doing. And me, I hope this is challenging you as much as it's rocking my world and my family. And you know what is, it's done for me? And We're going to talk today about the blindfold of in the present. And I've really been challenged this week. And, and it was great to see our team uh, yesterday. We were giving out cookies in University City. I love that area because you have, you have like, I mean, anywhere you go in Philly, you have a bunch of things going on. You have different kinds of people and people there for different reasons. But, and University City is awesome because you have college students and then you have parents with going to be college students. And they're all nervous and checking everything out. I love it. I love it because we get to, to welcome them to Philly. And it's a great thing to say, hey, if, if your kids come in here, we'll take care of them. And that's a great place to be. But just the conversations that we had yesterday, uh, what, what an amazing thing to be able just to sit, be present in the situation, and realize, wow, God, you are at work. You're doing something. And I feel like, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I won't be present for my own life. I'll be off in the future. I'm so future mindset, man. I, I've... I have future thinking at all times. I'm thinking about what's next. Where am I going? Where am I headed? Where's my family? This isn't where we're going, so we're going somewhere. And I can get so caught up in that that I forget about where I am. And I'm not present where I am. When you're at work, you're thinking about home. When you're at home, you're thinking about work, right? Isn't that just how it is? And we always stay not where we are. And it's, it's a trap. It's a trap to always be not where you are. And sometimes I'll realize that is, man, I haven't been present for a while. I haven't been in the moment of where I am. And how can I go somewhere if I don't know where I am? And if you, you don't realize the reality of where you are, you'll never know the reality of where you can head. You'll live in a false reality of someday I'll, or when the kids grow up I'll, and you have this false reality that will never come because you don't know where you are in this moment. So today I want to talk to you um, about being present. 
being present in the moment. How can we be present in this moment that we are in right now? How can we know where we are so we can know where we're headed? I want to look at 2 Kings chapter 6 today uh, and start in verse 10. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Yeah, awesome. It says, so the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Let me give you a little background because everybody knows context is key, right? You know about that? If you don't live with context, you will be frustrated because that person that is angry and in a bad mood, if you don't know the context of their life, you'll just think they're an angry person. But if you know the context that they were abused or that at home is not very good situation or something happened in their life that was tragic, you can know the context of that person. The same thing with scripture. When we read a scripture, you got to know the context or you'll be frustrated. You'll, you'll take things out of context and think on principles and promises that aren't even true and you'll be basing your life on something that's not re- reality. And so we got to know the context. So here's the context of this. So you have king of Israel and you have the king of Aram and they are in war and, and the king of Aram is going after the king of Israel. But every time they go to get the king of Israel, he was warned by Elisha the prophet. Every time. And he is frustrated out of his mind. And he says, he says this, he says, uh, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, very nervously, probably. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So the king of Aram is ticked out of his mind. He's trying to take down the king of Israel, but Elisha keeps warning. And so he finally goes and surrounds the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, now they're waking up and the city's surrounded. An army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. This is Elisha's servant. And he said, oh, snap. That's my translation. He said, oh, no. My Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And Elisha replied, don't be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The situation might look a little out of control, but don't be afraid. Okay? Reality around you might look a little overwhelming, but don't be afraid. You hear me? Don't be afraid. Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, Elisha's Elisha's servant's got to be like, this guy's going nuts. He's been praying too much. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire All around Elisha. You may be seated. All around Elisha.
I don't know what situation is looking you in the face right now. But let me tell you, don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. And you have to know who's on your side. If you don't know who is for you, you will never know the capabilities of what you can accomplish. But as soon as you get your eyes on who is against you is the moment you start to panic. When you start to see that cancer and it starts to stare you in the face and that's all you can see. And all of a sudden you start freaking out and say, oh no, what are we going to do? There's no way we're making it out of here. We're surrounded. And a situation goes down and it looks absolutely out of your control. But Elisha saw with different eyes. And that's where we got to get to is where we see with the eyes to see what's really going on. Because our reality can be just what's here in the physical. And if you keep your eyes on the situation, again, if you keep your eyes on the process, the things you're getting through, because it's a process getting to where God called you to. Let me relieve you a little bit. And no, if you're in the middle of a process right now, God's getting you ready for the promise. And so if you find yourself struggling and being like, what the jazz is going on? I wasn't meant for this. This is hard work. Hey, that's awesome. God's getting you prepped and ready for the destiny that he has for you. But he's got to get you ready. And a lot of times when we, we see the things against us, the reality is we will never make it out of here alive. There's no way. It's overwhelming. But Elisha prayed a very simple prayer. God Open his eyes so he can see. And when Elisha's servant, when Elisha's servant opened his eyes, he could see. There are more with us than are with them. And it changed everything. Your perspective is power. Your perspective is so powerful because it is your reality. And so everything you see can become absolutely what's real in your life. But have you ever felt surrounded by things that are overwhelming? I can't tell you how many times in my life I've, I've come up against things where, you know, I don't feel like I can make it out. I feel like it's too much for me. I feel like it's overwhelming. It's going to drown me. And if I don't make it out of here quickly, I'm going to fail. It's going to take me down. This is going to be the end of me. But if we can keep our eyes on God and we keep our eyes on where he is, we can take the step into where we're headed. you got to be present. you got to know what's reality. Man, with all these floods going on, our hearts and prayers have been with those who have been uh, really, their worlds have been rocked by these storms that have absolutely been a tragedy. I mean, people have lost their homes. They've lost their lives. Uh, there's people that still are not put together and won't be put together probably for months, if not years. And so our hearts and our, our prayers are with them because we feel what they're going through. Their reality right now is they're outnumbered. Their reality is there's no way, there's no, there's no hope. But if we can see the reality of what's going on right now, the earth is, this is what the prophets talked about thousands of years ago. The earth is groaning for its creator to come back. It's groaning. Can you feel it? I mean, this weather is whack. It's crazy. 
the hurricanes and the storms and all this stuff has come to a climax and the world is screaming out. And we got to know what's reality. We have to know what's really going on. We have to know that, hey, the earth is groaning for God to come back. We have to be in the urgency of the moment to know we don't have much time left. We got to do what we do best so that we can get the world ready for when God comes back. We don't want to be caught with our hands tied. We don't want to be caught sleeping when God comes back for his church. And we got to get our city ready. And if you aren't present in your situation right now, if you aren't present in your life, you'll never make a difference in where God called you to. God has an amazing calling for your life. He has a destiny just for you. But if you're not present, you'll never live up to that destiny. So you have to be awake. You have to be aware. My kids, they, they have all these ideas of all these toys they're going to buy. And if you saw their toy room, you'd say, why? I say the same thing. Like, there's no way. You don't need any more toys. But they have all these ideas. And they want to buy this Lego set and this action figure. And Ane wants to buy these horses. And these, she's into these little Shopkins. Shopkins could be the death of me. Because they're, they're about yay big. They're not as sharp and dangerous as Legos. But they're on the brink. And they are everywhere. I mean, these things are everywhere. And there's seasons upon seasons upon seasons you can get. And so they're everywhere. And so she wants the next Shopkins thing. She wants the next Shopkins house for all of her little rubber pieces. And so they, they have all these ideas. And then we break out the piggy bank. And we open up that thing and put all the coins everywhere. And they're counting coins. And we come up and they have like $3. Right? They've been saving for a year. <laughs> it's like $3. And the reality is we have to know where we are so we know how we can start saving for the future. Because if you don't know the reality of where you are, you'll never know the next steps you need to take in order to get to where you're going. And so you have to count the cost. Where are you? Where are you in your relationships? Where are you in your, your, uh, your work? And where are you in your talents and abilities? Where are you in the gifts that God has given you? Where are you? Are you passionate? We talked about passion last week, about how our heart houses that passion. And we can actually change our passions by changing our preferences. We start putting energy towards something, and all of a sudden, the passion follows. And it's all about putting our heart into things. But if you don't, take inventory and say, okay, where am I right now? What's reality? What am I passionate about? What am I seeking? What am I striving for? What are the things in my life that, that are taking control of me right now? And is it, does it align with where I'm headed? And then when you start to figure those things out, then you can start to say, okay, I have $3. I'm going to need $20. I need to save $17. Or beg dad. Because dad has endless amounts of money. And I love it. Uh, <laughs> I had this friend uh, when we were youth pastors in Chester County. I had this friend, and he never brought his wallet. Do you have a friend like that? You guys are going out to eat. You've been planning this eat out for months. It's been on the schedule. And you're, you're on your way there, or you get there, and the person's like, oh, my... You got me, dude. I I didn't even bring my wallet. I'm like, bro, I believe that like the first 20 times you did that. <laughs> but I'm on to you. I'm on to your tricks and your little shenanigans. I get it. You ain't got money and you're cheap. It's okay. Just be like, bro, you spotting me today? 
all right, I got you. And I would always cover him because I love being around him. But don't you know, God will always cover what you don't have. And God will always meet you at the end of your ability. That's really good news for a lot of us. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I don't have so much ability. I only have so much that I can give. I only have so much talent. And when I get to the end of that talent, God meets me there to push me towards what I can actually be called for. But if I don't meet my end of me, I'll never meet where God starts. And that's the balancing act is knowing that we have to get to the end of us. We have to give everything that we have in the reality of the moment that we're in right now. Because if my kids didn't put $3 out, I would have a hard time giving the $17 to fulfill where they want to go. But as soon as their heart is in it, and they say, I'm going to give all that I can, but I really want that, and I know I can't, but I'm going to give everything I I have, you know what the Father's heart does? It says, I got you. I'll bring the rest. How many know the arm of God and the hand of God has more than enough than you need? More strength than you could ever take. More peace than you could ever have. More ability and the, the, the things that he's called you to do, he'll give you the ability to do them. And I love this. God never calls us to something that we can't handle. He never. And I, so, and I always heard it, it say, we always said it in our house, God will never give you more than he, he knows he can trust you with. And I just, I, I was always like, God, why do you trust me so much? Like, stop trusting me so much, right? Because you're giving me a lot, and I feel like it's too much for me. But when we come to the end of our ability, when we come to that moment, we're like, okay, God, listen, I've given all that I have, and it's $3. And, you know, it's all that I have. I put it all on the table. That's where God meets us with the supernatural power, and he takes us beyond what we're capable of. And I don't know what you're surrounded by with, but if you'll... Come to the end of yourself, God will meet you with who he is and who he is as perfection, who he is as holy, who he is as powerful and mighty and capable and able. Come on. But realization is the first step. When you realize who you are, when you realize whose you are, when you realize who's on your side, it changes everything. It's the first step into rocking out your future. And to get into where God has called you to. On Isaiah chapter 43. I love this scripture. Verse 18. It says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Now I don't know about you. But I can dwell on some past things in my life. You know, we talked about this with the voices, the loudest voices in our life, but a lot of times it can be the voices that aren't even present in our life anymore that speak the loudest to us. It can be the situations that aren't relevant at all that speak the most into us. But he says, hey, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Do you know that your past, you need to stop dwelling on it and start building on it. You need to stop living there and start living where God has you right now. Because he wants to use your past as a stepping stone to get into your future. But a lot of you are, li- are, are, and I'm guilty of this too, we live in our past and so we stay there. We don't live in the reality of right now. We live in the past. Well, I was this. 
Well, you don't understand who I was, what I did, what I said. I'll never be able to forgive myself. I, I, I failed so hard. You don't understand what I did to my family. You don't understand what I did to my friends. You don't get it. And I, I failed hard. And we live in the past, and so we never go forward because we don't realize what's right here, right now. And check this out. I love this scripture because he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't dwell on it. Build on it. And he says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I don't know what wasteland you have. I got a wasteland in my past. I got a part where everything goes and dies. Things that I've, I've failed at, things that I've said, things that I've made mistakes in, that's my past. And in the wasteland, he says, I am doing a new thing in you right now. Right here, right now. Don't dwell on the past, but build on it because I'm doing something new. I'm making streams happen in the wasteland. Streams happen in the wilderness, in the dry parts of your life. He's not just talking to the good parts of your life. He's talking to the dry parts. The parts you hope nobody sees. The parts when you go into somewhere new, you're hoping, man, I hope my past don't come up. I hope nobody sees that wilderness. He says, yeah, 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 that wilderness, I want to use that. But God... That's the worst part of me. But God, that's the part that I'm ashamed of. That's the part that, that if that ever came up, it would ruin me. He said, no, 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 no. I want to use that. I want to build on it because I use that as your story. I'm going to use that to excel you into where you're headed. I'm going to make streams happen in the wilderness and grow you into the person that I've called you to. And I need every bit of that wasteland in order to build you to where you're going, but don't dwell on it because we're not staying here. It's okay that the wasteland happened, but we're not staying here. This isn't our destination. And I'm excited about next week because we're going to be talking about where we're headed. But right this moment, we got to talk about where we are. And there's a lot of things that have happened in your life a lot of people have stolen things from you. A lot of things that you have done that haven't been right. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay. Forget the former things because God is making streams happen in the wasteland. Do you see it springing up? New life. New life. New things are springing up in you right now. Yeah, you used to be a terrible father. But right now, springs in the wasteland. New things are springing up in you. You're going to be the best dad in the world. You're going to be the greatest father that speaks life into your children. Yeah, 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 you used to be that wife. Not no more. Newness is springing up in you. Now the present is yours because God is doing something new in you. You are Grabbing a hold of the present of what God has for you right now. It's newness. Yeah, it was bad, but now it's good. Now it, God is using that in order to build you into the person he wants you to be now. Because if you didn't go through that, you'd never hear him now. But now he's got you exactly where he wants you. He says, can you see it? Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness 
streams in the wasteland. God loves you exactly where you are. But man, he loves you way too much to leave you there. He's taking us somewhere. And when we grasp that, that hey, yeah, the past might have been what it is. But the reality of this moment, if we can open our eyes, we'll see God is for us and not against us. And when he is for us, nobody can come against us. No one can stand up against us. And so we stand on that. When the hard times happen, we stand on that promise. When those thoughts start to creep in in our minds, we stand on the promise. No, 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 no. New life is springing up in me. I am a new man. I am a new woman. I am a woman of God. I am a man of God. A way is being made in the wilderness. Streams are being made in the wasteland. Can you feel it? Can you feel it rising up in you? This is your time. This is your moment. I want to take a moment this morning and just respond. A lot of times we'll hear stuff and, and God will speak to us, but man, I, I feel like the powerful moments are the moments that we respond to. Would you just take a moment and respond to God? And maybe there's some things in your past that you need to start rethinking about. Will you just pray a simple prayer? It's the prayer that Elijah, Elisha prayed for his servant. God, open my eyes. Because it's when he opens our eyes that we can see what he sees. And he made us so amazing. And he made us like we are today. And he made us with the future in mind. He made us with every ounce of character and flaw and personality that he gave us. He gave it us for a reason. And he gave it to us so if we can open our eyes to what he sees, he sees a beautiful creation who is a new creation in him. And he designed us for this. Can you just pray that? Say, God, open my eyes right now. Open my eyes right now. God, open our eyes. Let us see what you see. Let us see what you see. Let us see the reality of what's really going on. The army that is for us. Not the things that stand up against us. But can we see your hand at work in the things we don't see? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.